Okay, hi there. My name is Benjamin Franco. This is the Betacast episode two. We fucking made it. We are out here doing shit. Um, this is a video game podcast. I call it the Betacast because it's a. Uh, it's currently in beta right now. Um, I say episode two because it's like a second patch. You know, let's just keep with the video game theme and everything. Why not? Um, got a bunch of stuff to talk about today. Actually, like wrote down topics, so I'm not just like rambling, but you know, I'm going to kind of improv my way through these. Um, talk about what I've seen this past week of video games. This is kind of like the after Christmas chill sort of uh, time period of the year. Like, what game has ever come out in January? Like, for real. Um, hopefully this year will be different, but I can't actually think of anything coming out soon. Um, other than um, The Witness, which I should be bringing up later, um, which will come out actually on the 26th of January. Um, but let's talk about games that I've played. Uh, so I did, I remember talking about last week, Undertale. I played Undertale, and uh, I was having a pretty good time with it. The story, the writing, um, all really good. Uh, really enjoyed my adventure through Undertale. Um, and then I beat it. Uh, and the ending was crazy. The ending is really like, what the fuck? Um, yeah, I I can't tell you anything about it uh, without spoiling it. So just like I said last week, um, I wouldn't say that this is a complete adventure. Um, like how people say, have been saying, like, hey, it's a complete adventure when you finish it. Like how I was saying, how I felt that way. But you should definitely... It also feels like it begs to be replayed. Um, and like I was saying, I thought I was playing a pacifist run because you know usually whenever i play games i tend to go towards the good side i like to let things naturally happen um but in this one i thought that there was only like two options of um endings like you were a really good guy and then you get the good ending or you were a really bad guy and you get the bad ending well when you get to the end you realize it's uh, not so much the case it's actually you know pretty morally gray um which i always like i was saying is a lot better usually um in pretty much any game that has a morality system, uh, or like a made-up morality system, or really like decision-making, um, Undertale did a good job of handling that, making me feel like, uh, you know, my actions had like, you know, overall world consequences. Um, I could go more in-depth in what that actually meant um, it didn't change the world around me, but it changed how the world ended up being by the end of the game. Um, just to clarify right there. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely a game. I wanted to replay it again and do a genocide run, um, where I killed everyone. And I killed a few people, and then I accidentally let someone live. And I realized, like, this is way too hard to just, you know, kill everyone and... Uh, try to have all these different endings. Maybe one day I'll get back to the Undertale and uh, finish it up on my second run where I kill everything. Um, but everyone was always talking to me when I was doing my so-called pacifist run, my pacifist run, my special run that turned out not to be so pacifist at all. Um, my special run that uh, um, I was saving everyone's life and everyone was still talking to me like I was just this big murderer that I'm like going around killing everyone. So clearly, like the writing isn't exactly perfect. Even though I was going around saving like all the creatures, because th there are a lot of random encounters in there, and I was saving those creatures, but I guess that didn't really matter in the overall story. It only mattered in the boss fights, or maybe it did, and maybe I just haven't gotten to a part where they, you know, totally bring that up. 
But the ending of Undertale, really interesting. A four-hour, five-hour, six-hour game. You could breeze through it in a couple days if you needed to. Um, pretty good game. I would definitely recommend it. Uh, yeah, it's it's about $10 worth. Um, that music alone is just a fucking beautiful. Like I was saying last uh, last podcast last week, really good, um, really good music. Um, so glad I got that out the way. Um, and then ever since then, I didn't really know what to play. I've been jumping back and forth between um, a lot of random games. I bought a lot of random games. Um, I tried buying uh, the Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm. Uh, whatever the fuck, the Raging Blast, the craziest, longest, unnecessary name ever um, for a game. But I heard a lot of really great reviews on it, and it really looked like the show. Like, it really looked on that epic scale of the show, tries to capture, and does a lot of the times capture. Um, And I really wanted to play it and get a, you know, get that experience out of it, maybe even review it. But turned out um, that setting up the controller on the game was it really weird. And I eventually got to a point where I was just like, you know, I'm just going to give up on this. I would have to play with keyboard controls. I didn't even know how to do the mouse controls. Um, I was really just upset with how that whole thing turned out, which is really a huge gripe that I'm having so far with PC gaming. It's just that when you buy games, like I bought Knights of the Old Republic and didn't turn out to work on my computer. All right, whatever. Uh, It's an old game, whatever. Um, turns out this port of Naruto Ultimate Storm is really fucking weird, so now I can't play that game. I might as well have just bought that on my PS4. Um, not that I'm going to now, because I got it on a Steam sale, which is the huge plus and the whole reason why I thought about playing the game to begin with, was I can get it for $750, um, which is a pretty good deal in my opinion, uh, old game or not, uh, play a campaign that's a few hours long, that, um, of a show that I love, uh, why not experience that? Um, didn't get to, though. Ended up trying to get a refund. I should really try to get that process going through. Um, I spent a lot. Of, I didn't spend a lot of money on the Steam sale, but I really wanted to. And I get why people, um, whenever they see those deals, they they just can't hang. And they got <laughs> to gotta buy up everything they see. Um, because after the Steam sale, it seems like there's nothing going on. Nothing interesting that I want to buy. Uh, nothing's on sale, so it's like I'm gonna have to buy games like a normal person. Like, what the fuck is that? Uh, or like, up with that? Um, maybe I'll try out GOG. Um, usually that's where the deals are, but th- that system it seems really, really, really sketchy. Like, they weren't able to like fulfill Battlefield pre-orders, like, or Battlefront, not Battlefield, Battlefront pre-orders. Like, I don't know. They're really sketchy on how they do stuff. But it's cheap, and hey, as long as it isn't illegal, I'll take them. Uh, need to check out that system um, as soon as I get paid. <laughs> um, speaking of Steam um, and, you know, problems with Steam, the Steam caching issue that they had a problem with uh, last podcast, um, seems like people did not we're not too happy about that. I was really nonchalant about it. I was like, whatever, I guess I just can't buy games. Um, but apparently you were able to see people's billing addresses. Um, and that's pretty bad. That's, that's not a good one. Like if you're able to, like you weren't able to get credit card information, but having a billing address is pretty weird, uh, information to get. Hopefully, you know, anyone who looks at most of your guys's personal information was just like, hey, let's just ignore this, like how I did, and uh, turn off Steam and say whatever about it. But um, people weren't happy with the way Steam acted. Um, they fixed it within an hour and a half. 
as soon as the problem started, fixed within two hours. Um, and But then it took them like a week to even address the issue because, you know, the Steam sales were going on. So they're like, oh, Steam sales and stuff like that. But it took them a week to be like, hey, there was a problem and whatever. We're sorry about that, whatever. <laughs> they just talked about fixing it and how the, the problem that happened, um, which is really all I need. But yeah, I can agree with everyone where I really wish that this was solved uh, like this this was said like a week earlier, like it really needs to be addressed by like a big company like you steam. Stop being so nonchalant about, Oh, whatever. Like how I am. I mean, I'm just one paying customer who just jumped onto your service. Like, and then immediately greeted with like a problem like this. It's not really all that comforting to know that my information is in your guys's hands. If you're going to be really like nonchalant, like I just threw around that word like 17 times about the whole situation. It's really not comforting. But they did apologize, and it eventually came out like that, which I'm happy. It seems like they, you know, they were just upfront. You always get that upfront um, feel from Valve, like they're just really trying to honestly tell you how they feel about stuff, um, which is pretty cool. Hmm. Anyway, let's talk about the witness. I have it written on here. Might as well talk about that since I brought it up. And kind of the only game I'm looking forward to um, for recent, um, for stuff that's coming up pretty soon. It's going to come out on PS4. Um, this is Jonathan Blow's game. Uh, Jonathan Blow made the game Braid, which was huge. It was one of the first big, really big game that was uh, critically praised. Uh, made by one guy, Jonathan Blow. It turned out to be, I don't know, arrogant? I don't know. I never really looked up the information on that. Um, but he had Phil Fish, whatever the hell that dude's name, uh, Phil Fish-esque fame um, and turned out to be kind of a jerk like him, I guess. I don't know. I don't really care as long as they make good games. I never ended up playing Braid, but I always was interested in doing it. I should have bought it on the Steam sale, um, but didn't feel like I was in the mood for it. I was probably drinking and didn't want a heavy platform sort of game. I don't know. Super Meat, Mo Super Meat Boy's got me scared of platform games now because they all, in my mind, have to be like incredibly hard for me to even care about them. You know, you got to have that satisfaction of completing a hard level. But I really do want a interesting story um, to go with my games. And that's what I hear that uh, Braid really was. Um, it actually had a mechanic that was symbolic for how the story was. And, you know, you got to respect... Um, the one guy who can put all that together and make it work in a in a game when uh especially in an indie game when the indie scene wasn't even really that huge um and then the guy took his sweet time making his next game uh, another puzzle game uh, a first person puzzle game with what well, looks like honestly to me from every everything that i've seen really good graphics but then when you look at the puzzles it's like oh these are just like flash game puzzles like this isn't the next portal. This looks like you just collected a bunch of flash games. Sure, the puzzles are all great and just like like no knocking to flash games like like if you make a flash game puzzle game, like that could be really good and the puzzles are great, but guess what? It's still a flash game and you're still like limited by these like really like simplistic style puzzles and I f feel like that's what's going to happen. I think everyone's trying to give Jonathan Blow like the props he he get he should get from his last game but it's like 
come on, guy, you took him, like, how long to make this game, and, like, this is what you're coming up with, and he's claiming, like, oh, there's so many puzzles, there's, like, how many thousands of puzzles, maybe not thousands, I think I've seen a number of 400, which is totally different, but it's still a lot of puzzles, but it's just, like, I can go through 400 puzzles on a Flash game, like, website, I can just go onto Newgrounds, or I can go into Addicting Games, I don't know if either of those two are even around anymore, <laughs> to be honest, I haven't played a Flash game in forever, um, because I'm an adult, uh, <laughs> um, I can do that, I can just go on there and play 400 Flash game puzzles, like, and no matter how much those, like, mechanics differ, like, it's nothing interesting, usually, um, sometimes every once in a while I'll run into an interesting one, but I'm really hoping for a good story here, and maybe there's, like, a mystery behind the puzzles, and that would be really cool, can't wait to find out how that's gonna work, um, but that's definitely going to be one I'm going to wait for the reviews on. I'm definitely going to see what people have to say about that game before that game gets, uh, um, before I pick up that game. Not going to spend my money on a game that I really, uh, can't trust. And I feel like The Witness, a lot of people are giving it a lot of hype, but I'm not trusting it. I'm, I'm keeping a weary eye on that one. Um, I hope it's good. And honestly, I hope it's a great game. Um, I would don't want to buy or be interested in a bad game, but yeah, I'm definitely skeptical of that. Anyway, it comes out on uh, January 26th. Not like advertising or anything, but you just heard how I feel about it. Another game that I saw, um, I remember last week, I think I was talking about like, what are the Bioshock guys even doing right now? Like, it's been so long since their last game came out, and what are they doing sitting around? And apparently one of the Bio Bioshock guys is going out and just like release some information for a game and footage of a game uh, called Perception, um, which looked really neat, in my opinion. Um, it was like, it's about a blind lady. And she sees kind of like daredevil style off of the sounds, like the sounds reflecting off of objects, um, which was really cool, like which was really like neat because like games always try to play with light, but in this game it's playing with sound and you're able to see the sound bouncing off. So this game is just really playing with light in an interesting way. Some things make lights at certain, some weird thing, ugh, some certain ways. Like when the house creaks, it makes a sound and you could see all around you. You could definitely see like some jump scares happening in this game. Um, but it did look sort of walking simulator esque. Either way, it doesn't matter because the, uh, the art style is really interesting. They could have like a, um, a sort of unfinished swan, like, the beginning of Unfinished Swan, you had to, like, you only seen, like, a white blank canvas, and you had to go around and spit these paintballs around in order to see what was going on you, which was great um, art style, which was a great, really appreciated that for, like, the first little bit, and then it changes its art style a little bit to sort of like a painting, but still really good. That was a good, interesting puzzle game. Um, but that was, like, two hours long and didn't have 400 puzzles. Going back and kind of knocking the witness there, um, I'm just really skeptical on how long that game will keep people engaged and hopefully the price isn't that outstanding because um, if it's going to be a $20 game or something like that I doubt it it should be it'll probably be 10 but still or 15 I wouldn't I'm not picking it up if it's 15 I haven't even picked up journey because it's 15 it, it when it was 15 um, and I hear that's like a beautiful amazing experience like I'm gonna end that game crying and I'm just like eh, <laughs> but $15 like <laughs> um, I mean, I could buy a movie that'll make me cry. I mean, I can get a movie free that'll make me cry on like uh, Xfinity. So why would I? Why would I care? Why? Um, or we'll see. 
I'll probably play it the next time it has it's on sale, and after I get paid, haha. Um, anyway, perception. Back to that. Definitely see a lot of uh, interesting things about that. Hopefully, it's good. Um, probably a walking simulator esque type of game, because Bioshock guys did say that they were going to go on to Bioshock. Ken Kevin Ken Levine um, said he was going to go on to smaller narrative driven games. So that sounds like walking simulator. Um, so hopefully perception is pretty good. Um, I don't see it being an action game, but the art style looks really neat. Can't wait to check it out. All right. So, um, uh, let's talk about, I totally skipped after I mentioned Undertale. Um, I totally skipped like games I was playing. Um, and I, like I've said, I've jumped around to a few different ones. Uh, I tried playing Naruto, didn't work. Um, I guess the main one that I've been playing, I tried playing uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon uh, 2 because I looked it up and I started finding, um, I tried looking up and seeing, oh, which one's the best because they had all, all of them on sale. And I know they're making Roller Coaster Tycoon World soon. And people, a lot of people are going to be playing that. So I wanted to see what the hype was about Roller Coaster Tycoon 2. Now, some context, I played Roller Coaster Tycoon 3 on a console, Xbox 360. I think it was like a demo. Or maybe it was the original. It was a long time ago. A long, long time ago. And I remember liking it a lot. Um, but thinking back on it, even like even through nostalgia goggles, I could tell like that did not look like a great game. And probably if I was able to do like all right in the game, it probably wasn't mechanically deep because I feel like Roller Coaster Tycoon. No, Roller Coaster Tycoon is pretty mechanically deep. It's pretty good. Um, I haven't even gotten into building any tracks, and I'm trying to. I can't even like get past any of the beginner parks. Um, I'm really not good at these simulator games. Uh, <laughs> I've never really played them in my life. I've played the Roller Coaster Tycoon, and that was about it. And then. Civilization, if you can consider that a sim, no, I wouldn't even consider that a simulation game. Uh, strategy, slightly strategy, slightly sim, no, no strategy game throughout. Um, uh, yeah, but I haven't really even played those that much, and I'm not doing good. I constantly, constantly start hitting the red, and I don't even know what I'm doing most of the time. Uh, but my park looks cool. <laughs> uh, I might jump back onto that and play that a little bit more. Um, another game where I had to. I had problems with it when I bought it. I mean, sure, $3 game, $4 game. Uh, bought it on a Steam sale, but I mean, I expect it when I play it to like fit my screen, and it didn't even fit my screen. Like, like it was like all the buttons that I would have to press to start building rides and stuff were outside of like the edges of my screen, and that's a really annoying thing to have to like deal with in a game. And I couldn't find any options on how to fix it except for to download a mod. Um, and I feel like that's going to be really commonplace in like the the PC market is like every game I buy, I'm going to have to do like some errands, go around and search on the internet and find some fixes and stuff, um, which isn't cool. Like PC games, like get your shit together. Like I get it that consoles are where all the money is, but I mean, come on. Or I guess Roller Coaster Tycoon, I shouldn't be talking to them because they're a fucking how old. Like Roller Coaster Tycoon has been around forever. Like that game was made for like, the first ever PCs, like, <laughs> Windows Vista and shit was the requirements for it. Like, I need to get, yeah, I guess I shouldn't complain about a game that's, like, forever old, but, I mean, come on, Naruto, get your shit together. What are you doing? Oh, well. 
Um, I'll probably get used to it soon down the road. Every time I buy a game, I'll have to focus on modding it, fixing it just right, looking them, looking up for those mod guides, um, which is kind of fun. Kind of adds like a personal touch to it. Uh, lets you know that like, like I like to think of it like multiple, like studios are fixing it up, which I wish more people would do, but which I wish more studios would do and actually make it like pretty fun. There's a super bunny hop video out there talking about DLC. He just released it about how um. A lot of like new startup companies will take over on games and build the DLC for them. Um, and then that'll give them experience. And, you know, usually they could fix up some problems with a game in, in that regard. I mean, they should like, I don't know. I feel like games could do that. Like you need other companies to come in and like say, okay, I get your original idea. I see what you did. I'm going to take what the few, the things that you got right in it, and I'm going to improve on it with my stuff. Kind of like how Obsidian did with like New Vegas and how I was hoping they would do with um, Knights of the Old Republic. Uh, but you know, sometimes game developers just need more time to like finish up their baby. And so they'll fix it up with like patches and stuff, which I get it, you know, to get the money from the, you need money from the releases. And then once more patches come in and more DLC comes in, it brings more people in. So it's just the way the business is. Wish it was different, but it isn't. So there's that. Um, man, I totally forgot what I was going to say. Um, Knights of the Old Republic 2. Back to the Obsidian topic of uh, on that one. I've been pretty much playing that a lot. Um, I put it like solid like five hours into roller to no no like six into roller to coaster tycoon just messing around with a couple parks um but i put a lot i put about the same amount of time into knights of the old republic um finally got out of that tutorial level which i totally get why people hate it's so like linear and like but they tried to make it seem like it was like open i don't know it was really bad and then everything's just like oh there's a door sealed you can't go through that door and it's like, why? Well, I mean, okay. And you just got to keep going down. It basically makes, it gives you like a few seemingly open maps just to tell you, hey, they're linear. You just got to walk down that corridor and go to the right door. Um, which, by the way, isn't explained well which door you're supposed to be going down. So awesome. Awesome for that. I think it was the fact that it's really old tech and back in a day and age where uh, hand-holding hadn't become the norm yet. So um, and usually I'm not like one who's like, Hey, I need to have my hand held one for when I play this game. But for this one, I really wish I could have got my hand held. Um, I really could wish there was just like an arrow pointing you out telling you, Hey, go here. Um, but you know, I'm slowly coming around to like being satisfied with finding out where stuff is on my own. Uh, kind of annoying though. Um, so I guess I could talk about like the mechanics and stuff. The combat is very similar to the original from what I remember. Um, and not really all that satisfying. Like, I haven't ran into an enemy yet where I was... I felt like I needed to actually put some strategy and some thought into it. I've started like trying to just to like see if it makes anything easier. Um, but really it doesn't feel all that like natural and fluid. It feels like it's trying to be like a turn-based RPG, um, but, like, I, I feel like it's trying to fool you into thinking it's, like, an open run around and, like, like an action game, but no, it's a turn-based RPG where you could just move around, 
and I feel like the AI takes over for like a lot of the characters. And sure, I could press space bar after everything, um, but I don't know. I need to get used to just doing that, pressing space bar after everything and switching behind between every character in a really cumbersome way. Um, doesn't feel really natural and doesn't feel like all that engaging. I feel like I'm switching between like a bunch of screens to like try to get one enemy down and really I don't need to do that like all the enemies so far are really easy and I get it that I'm still early in the game I hope that I'm still early in the game because um doesn't feel like uh I'm having any challenge yet but the story after the um the, the tutorial is opening up I'm finding like multiple ways to do things there's clearly like a good and bad way to do things I even accidentally started doing the bad thing forgetting like what I was doing and um I started doing something bad and I was eventually just like you know what fuck this I'm just gonna stop doing this mission and go back to what seems like the main mission and even then you don't even know if it's the main mission but I'm still pretty interested in how it's gonna turn out um so the story's finally opening up and becoming more interesting. I'm really happy about that. The, uh, cause the story on the, uh, tutorial level wasn't fun. I needed to really get away from that. And I'm, I could see why there's a mod that like just totally skips it because I'm not learning anything. And like I was saying, I wish my hand was healthy the whole time. Cause I'm trying to figure out these puzzles that aren't really even puzzles. It's just really poorly communicated things, uh, throughout the game. And, Hopefully that first level actually taught me something, but I really wish I would have just skip, skipped it now in hindsight. Um, anyway, that's pretty much my experience with Knights of the Old Republic. It's starting to feel like a chore, but it started to feel like a chore for the first like tutorial level, but the chore feeling is starting to go away now that I'm having uh, the story open up and be a little bit more interesting, um, going to a different world and actually having, you know, a planet around me even though the game really feels corridory so far it's just like walk down that corridor there's people in there like i don't really feel like i'm in a world i feel like i'm in a space station the entire time and not like i'm not like jumping around from planet to planet so far it's just corridor like space station feel space station feel space station feel um maybe it'll change maybe um the next world i go to will be super cool and like open and something interesting uh, I remember the first one, I was able to go to, like, a Wookiee world, and that one was really different change of scenery. Like, not not that I'm complaining about the space station-y feel, it looks great. Like, I don't know if it's the mod that I put in or the original game, but it looks fantastic. It looks a lot better than the, um, even the pre-rendered cutscenes. Like, I, I prefer the in-game, uh, dialogue and stuff and the in-game scenery com compared to the, the pre-rendered stuff. Um, where you're flying through like um, minefields, probably because it was like, like the same problem with Roller Coaster Tycoon, where it was clearly an art style that was made for like an older generation of technology. Like those pre-rendered cutscenes do not age well. Um, usually they're short though, so I'm not like sitting through a huge one. Um, it just makes me really appreciate the uh, actual like way the game looks a lot more. Um, the mods for the Knights of the Old Republic was a lot simpler because it was just like through Steam, so I could just click on it, click on it, click on it. Um, it really makes me not want to look forward to paid mods because so far my experience is that like every other game needs a mod. It needs a fun mod, it needs like a mod, or it's better with mods, so you might as well just put the mods in. 
don't even ignore them. Um, and it's like, if I have to pay for all that, it's just pretty much like Steam's trying to like sell it. Um, I guess it's a great idea, but honestly, these just feel like things that are necessary for a PC game to work. So I don't want to pay for it. I feel like I'm getting nickel and dimed in that respect, just like how the DLC is. Um, and I know I was saying, oh, it feels awesome having all these studios do it, but I mean, honestly, I don't want to pay extra for the way the game should be originally. Like, what the fuck? Um, I mean, it's cool that, like, other studios are fixing other, like, the help and stuff, but, I mean, game developers or producers or whoever hires people, like, start picking up these mod teams that are doing great. Like, Valve has made, like, three franchises off of that whole idea. Like, they haven't made an original game since Half-Life, and they just keep picking up mods and mod designers. So, I mean, we need to start doing that more often. It's a great way to get into the game industry, in my opinion, is have a popular mod. Have a mod that's necessary for the game to work. Pick those guys up and have them working on it, like, side by side with the actual game development. I don't know. It's probably That's probably been said millions of hundreds of times before. Is mods are probably great game developers, and they just do that for their hobby. Imagine if you paid them. Um, so I guess that's how I feel about paid mods not really a big fan of them I'm not really looking forward to that and i'm super not happy that i'm coming in at the tail end of like mod support like coming in at the tail end of a uh, free mod support and having to go like you could tell that shift of people are going to start asking to buy it soon um people are probably already starting to kickstart mods like hey kickstart me and then i'll make this mod like well that's not fun like i'm not trying to do that I'm not really a big believer in the Kickstarter thing. Um, I get it. Like, the idea behind it's awesome. Hey, I could be an investor, and I could finally invest in these mods. But there's so many, so many cases of people just pocketing money and then just, oh, we're working on it, with quotation marks. It's like, and no, like, you just pocketed my money, and now I feel ripped off. Um, awesome segue into the Oculus stuff. Um, Oculus users, uh, people who... Um, uh, kickstarted the Oculus Rift are actually going to get uh, Kickstarter versions of the Oculus Rift when it finally releases. And the pre-orders just came out, like, are, are um, around the corner. In, like, five days, four days, um, you could finally pre-order of Oculus Rift, um, which is pretty much my time to shine. I would get the Oculus Rift, um, but I don't think my PC can run it, so I'm pretty much not even going to, like, look at that. I'm probably going to look at PlayStation VR when it comes to virtual reality because i have a playstation um if it's not a ridiculously ludicrous price um i'm probably going to check it out i'll probably need to check out the pre-orders for oculus to see how much it actually costs but it's out there and if you're really interested in it and you're really big into it which i'm sure there are loads of people out there who are willing to pay maybe close to a thousand for a vr experience um the oculus is pretty awesome uh playstation vr is probably going to be a bit more accessible though and probably a little cheaper and probably something you'll have to plug into your PlayStation 4 in order to get it to work. So um, no one knows how actually that's going to work out. We should probably just stop talking about that, to be honest, because, I mean, I don't know any information about it. But the Oculus is coming, and um, it's really interesting. Uh, I might not even jump in. And, you know, there are going to be people who are going to buy that day one and start, you know, playing around with it, having fun with it. There are probably mod kits out there or dev kits out there already who are making games um, as soon as it blows up. Uh, that's, uh, well, it actually corresponds because 
in order for it to blow up, people need their software. People need software to be on there, but not a lot of great, innovative, cool software is going to be on there until it blows up because people aren't going to be interested in that market. Um, there are probably a few who are doing it, and hopefully there are going to be some great games out there um, immediately when it comes out. Because if there are already great games on there, if there's already like if the launch lineup or just any great programs or app applications or anything like that. Like if I'm able to browse Facebook because Oculus is bought by Facebook, if I'm able to like browse Facebook in a really cool way through the Oculus, like in a way where it feels like almost necessary to have it, that's really game changing because a lot of people will buy it or the people who do buy it will be like, it's awesome, you have to try this. And then people will be buying it and, you know, the killer app, so to, uh, that phrase, um, needs to be on these VR headsets or else they're not going to sell. And uh, I feel like that's going to be the really big problem with the, the first few headsets that come out. They're all going to tank. Maybe like Oculus or PlayStation VR will take off, but any ones after that, it's like, if you don't have that killer app, if you don't have that thing that everyone wants, um, then nobody's going to buy it. Because, I mean, VR is cool and all, but like when I put the headset on, I need something to do with it. And, you know... I don't think that says a lot. PlayStation's already got a good thing going for it because it's just like, okay, you can play your games with a really cool, interesting new monitor, um, so to speak. Just like a really, like, obviously VR is just like a weird monitor that's like awesome uh, that like, you know, puts you into the game or puts you into the world, uh, which I can appreciate. I'm totally down for it. Um, if it's not too ridiculous in price, I might even pick it up, but who knows when that's going to come out. Uh I forgot where I was going. Um, but, you know, I'm going to need... And you could just... The thing, the reason why PlayStation has a thing going for it is that you can... Um, it already comes with games. It's already got games on it. Like, uh, let's say you can play Bloodborne. Bloodborne's already awesome. People bought PS4s for Bloodborne, I'm sure. Um, and let's say you could play it with the VR. Like, not sure how that would work, but it would be fucking awesome. People could play Black Ops with the VR. Like, that'd be fucking cool. Maybe, like, Killzone or some random shit like that. Like, with the VR... It would be fucking cool. People would really appreciate that. And it's already on there, and you could already optimize it so that you could just see, um, play it with either the regular old monitor or with or the regular old TV, or you could play it with your VR headset, which um, the PlayStation will probably try to do that a lot. Um, once the VR comes out, they'll probably try to have the both going for it at the same time. That's clearly what No Man's Sky is doing. They're, they're trying to like make it so that you could play it both. Um, and they're really banking on No Man's Sky, kind of to change the topic, they're really banking on No Man's Sky being a huge hit. Um, the hype for it is through the roof, people who are down for it, but there's so much like skepticism already of No Man's Sky that's totally like reasonable. Like, what are we going to be doing in No Man's Sky? What are we doing? What are we really doing? Like, okay, cool, we can go to a world and like, ooh, one of those random stars, like... Like, there are 50 billion worlds with so many, like, options of things happening, but it's cool. Like, after a while, it just becomes an interesting zoo. Like, is there a story going on? Am I going through a story? Am I discovering, like, something so that I can move on in a story? Like, am I, like, why am I in this universe? Why am I searching through these worlds? Is it just, like, oh, discover it on your own? It's, like, that's not even as cool as, like, a walking simulator, because a walking simulator, at least, is, like, hey, we got a story we're trying to tell you, and sure, it's, like, you're just walking around in this so-called game, um, quotation marks, game. Uh, but, I mean, at least there's a story. At least you're here for something, and the environment is cool. In No Man's Sky, they already got environment down because environment's going to change up every time. Okay, cool, you got the cool environment. You got the 
procedurally generated millions of billions of stars and stuff like that that you could check out, um, galaxies you could check out. Um, but I mean, why am I checking them out? Just for my own curiosity? I don't want to spend a bunch of money just for my own curiosity. I could look up YouTube videos of that. Um, and that's pretty much like a downfall of a lot of games. It's like, I want to experience it myself. If I don't really want to, uh, and if I want to experience it myself, I'll buy your game. But if I just feel like watching someone playing the game is just as good as buying it, why would I buy it? Like, like, there's no point in me buying it. Like, I mean, it'll be cool when I see, like, you know, the gifts of, uh, oh, look at this crazy species I've seen. But it's just like, yeah, that, that, that's like in the source code, though. We can see that anyway. It doesn't matter. Like, um, like I'm, I mean, me seeing that crazy gif, I'd rather just see you do that crazy gif. Like, when I played Grand Theft Auto, I played it and I beat the story. I had a good old grand time with it. I got my $60 out of it. Played a little bit of the multiplayer when that finally released. Okay, cool. Got my $60 out of it. I had a good time. I could be part of the discussion. Oh, here's how I feel about Grand Theft Auto. I mean, and I can also just appreciate all the people who are making those crazy gifts of like sniping people out of planes, you know, when they're on the ground, you know, those crazy uh, ride on the wall, <laughs> right on like riding a motorcycle up a wall. Like, that's interesting and all. Like, I didn't have to do that, but I feel like all those, like, I don't, I'm not going to be the one making those gifts. I'm not going to be the one doing stuff that's like, well, that's gift worthy, whatever. Like, I could just appreciate that when people do that. I feel like that's how it's going to be with No Man's Sky. Like, I'm just going to look at that and be like, okay, I appreciate that that's a thing, but I don't want to experience it that myself. Like, I don't I don't really want to play the game. I don't want to spend 20 hours in this game so I could, like, see that GIF in person. Or maybe I'll see it. Who knows? Maybe I'll do it. I don't know. It doesn't even look like it. I don't even think I've heard anything about it being, like, a sandboxy game. Like, it doesn't even sound like I could mess with these, like, fish. Like, can I, like... Like, if I go into, like, like, I say fish, I mean these species that I see on, like, and these, like, interesting, like, stuff that I see. If I go to a world and I see, like, a crazy plant, can I bring that crazy plant back to a different world and then maybe fuck with an ecosystem like that? Like, that would be pretty cool, but I don't think that that's <laughs> the idea and the main focus of the game. I don't even know if you can do that. Um, we'll see how the game turns out. Honestly, it's a wait and see sort of thing, and see how the reviews are. I don't even—I don't even like. I'm probably not even gonna like the reviews because the hype is gonna be through the roof. That to the point where it's like, because I've done it a lot too, where I've had hype for something, and when I got it, like, I could see its faults, but I was just like, yeah, but my hype was satisfied by all these good things. No, actually, I don't think I've ever. <laughs> I don't think I've ever hyped for anything bad. Everything I hyped for was pretty good. I'm usually, like I've said, like with The Witness, like I'm slightly hyped for it, but I'm also skeptical. And I'm not going to be surprised if when it comes out, everyone's just like, hey, guess what? Flash game. Um, like, all right, cool. I called that. Like, I'm not, I'm not disappointed by that. But um, a lot of people, when it comes to hype, is that they ignore like a lot of uh, good stuff with it. And that's, you could see that happens a lot with reviewers. Um, reviewers are like, all right, I'm hyped for this game. I'm going to have to play a lot of the time with it. Oh, guess what? My hype like there's like the stuff i was hyped for is in there millions of worlds i could look at them all but it's just like you don't realize that hey like <laughs> and i know you have to give a score to this and the score is going to be based on like how well it addressed your hype but really think of it as an overall game um and if you look at it as an overall game you'll find that it's just like okay all there was is the hype stuff um but like i said with the same thing with the witness I hope it's good. I hope it's something interesting. I hope it's something that I need to pick up in order to experience. Um, you know, I don't ever wish that a game is bad. 
and I'll come off as like negative sometimes towards like games or movies and stuff. And I wish the best for it, but it's just, I'm being realistic. Like I don't, I don't see this being worth its money or my time. Maybe if I get a flash sale where it's seven fifty, like how Naruto was, but, um, I doubt it. I doubt it'll be like that for a while, but you know, I do hope it's good and I hope it sells a bunch of VR because if a bunch of, if a bunch of VR gets sold, then that means a bunch of software is going to be made for VR. And then that means that the VR will become like its own little system. It'll become its own little, like enjoyable piece of medium. And I really would really like that to be a thing. Um, everyone's really hyped for it and everyone's like so hyped for it that they're kind of scared of it. Cause it's like, Oh, it could be like how everyone says, like, let's just live in a virtual reality world instead of actually living in real life. Um, and you know, there's going to be that fear of that, but you know, video games are already a pretty cool version of VR. If you're, if you're already, if you're scared of VR, but you don't get addicted to video games, then you're probably not going to get addicted to VR. Um, the virtual reality world. Because you still have to take it off and you still have to pay for the internet to play these games. You still have to pay for the electricity. So you're going to have to take it off eventually and um, go to work. And, you know, that huge break. That'll be like a little uh, rehab for you from the, v from the VR world. I don't know. I just don't think that this new VR is going to be as good as good enough to ruin the universe. <laughs> As like so many people say, it's kind of like, it's not going to be any Matrix, but that would be fucking cool if the Matrix came out for it. I mean, I doubt it'll happen, but you know, it'd be cool. I guess that's enough about VR. I'm saying my very limited view about VR. I don't really know how it's going to be. Maybe there's already like some killer apps out there and like people already like know that there's like a, there's already like a really cool AAA game that's coming out. I doubt that there's any AAA games that are coming out specifically for VR where it's like, hey, you could only fully experience this in VR. But um, it would be awesome if uh, there was a game out there that you'd appreciate more as VR. Um, anyway, I guess I can move on to a new topic. Uh, so something really cool is happening with Assassin's Creed. So it's leaked. Um, maybe not leaked because leaked confirms that, you know, that's already being made and stuff like that. But there's a rumor that the next Assassin's Creed is going to be set in Egypt. And that's a really cool setting. I think that that could be really fucking badass. Like if that's going to be a thing, it's going to be like Jerusalem, but like so many, like, I always like to see how like the, uh, the Assassin's Creed styles go. Like if you have all the assassins next to each other, like their styles look so badass. Like Ezio's, like when I first saw Ezio's, like Italian getup, I was like, that's fucking badass. When I first saw Connor's, like, um, his, uh, American setup, I was like, okay, this is fucking cool. Like, I love how the assassins, like, transform their, like, fashion over time, their robes over time. And I love seeing, like, the setting, because they get setting down so fucking well. They get atmosphere down so fucking perfect. I hear London in, um, Syndicate was really great in Assassin's Creed. And I really want to see where they go with Egypt. Um, if they do Egypt, uh, you know, I'd always love to see how they would do feudal Japan. That just like writes itself right there. Like, I mean, I think they're putting that in their back pocket for when they really need, when Assassin's Creed really needs like a reboot or when they need like some help continuing the franchise, like people aren't buying it anymore. Guess what? Ninjas, bitch. Like, <laughs> but Egypt is really fucking cool. Like I never even thought of that. And I'm, I'm sure it's probably been like, people have probably thought about it before, but I've never even thought of Egypt and I'm really excited to like see where they're going to go with that. Another thing that's really exciting too, is that Ubisoft is for a while. They've been, they've made it basically 
like Call of Duty. They've been putting out a version every year, and every year it's the same thing. And, you know, all that basically does for me is when a game's put out for every year, it makes me want to take a break from it. It makes me be like, oh, it's the same game as last year, just with a new paint on it or the uh, a new story or a new character. It's like there's nothing special enough about it for me to, like, want to come back. Um, so I started taking breaks from Assassin's Creed. Like, I played... Like, I got tired of Assassin's Creed at the end of um, Revelations, I think. Yeah, Revelations. It was uh, uh, Assassin's Creed 2, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, and Assassin's Creed Revelations. I got tired of Assassin's Creed out of Revelations. And then they came up with a new setting, and I was like, cool. Like, that's enough to, like, not get burned out of a game. Uh, and I totally fell for it. I bought the game. I got burned out on it. <laughs> I, uh, I wasn't a huge fan of... Um, uh, no, it was pretty cool looking, but I was really having high hopes for Connor, and Connor was not a very good character, one of the worst in the Assassin's Creed series. He was so, he only had two emotions, it was like, anger or not anger, it was like, I mean, he was the most down for justice, though, out of all the assassins, he was just like, there's a problem, alright, I'm angry about it, and I want to, like, kill someone for it, it's just like, alright, you're, you're clearly down, you clearly fucking love, <laughs> like, um, justice. Um, which was kind of the whole theme that they were trying to go for, um, you know, because it's American and the American audience and they really wanted to sell to us. Um, and yeah, I fell for it. I was a sucker. I bought that up. Um, and then the next Assassin's Creed game, I took a break from that. I don't know what was after that. Probably four, which kind of ruins what I was saying about taking a break from them. Um, whatever Assassin's Creed came out, probably like Liberation or something like that. I didn't buy those. Uh, but I bought... Um, Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag, which was basically Pirate Simulator, and was awesome. Like, 3's ship combat was so good that they decided they were just like, fuck it, let's just make a whole game off of it. Um, if Ubisoft was smart, they'd, they'd take off with that franchise. They'd start making pirate games with that ship combat, um, focus around it, um, and that would be a pretty cool market. That'd be a quick buck for them if they were smart, make their own, uh, which was Assassin's Creed 4 was a really good game. I really appreciated the character in it. He actually had like a really good transformation in my opinion. Um, obviously, the outside of the Animus segments were not fun. Um, I wish they would get rid of them, but they're not gonna. Uh, the outside of the Animus situations are, um, are kind of necessary though so that it can like give you the health bar. It can show you like okay, this is a video game, um, but you're not playing Ezio or something like that. You're playing Desmond. Um, you're, you're, that's who you are, but you're also playing this video game. You're playing this video game as them, which I was saying like earlier, like last week, I really appreciate those games that are like sort of meta that like lets you know, hey, you're playing a video game. It's more involving for like, it gets me more immersed in the world and lets me know like, okay, when there are these bugs, it's the animus's problem. It's not that the game developer's problem. It's the animus that, like, which fits in the world of how it's supposed to be. I don't know. Probably people don't like that. And obviously, I wish it would, like, the animus would work better and would, uh, you know, have people that are, um, uh, you know, like, environments that are more realistic. Like, I wish if I pushed someone, they would walk up to me and be like, hey, fuck you. Like, instead of just, like, falling to the ground and be like, oh, <laughs> I fell on the ground. You destroyed my carriage or <laughs> something like that. Um, kind of breaking off from the point it is really fun to push people over in assassin's creed like when you're just sprinting through crowds of people i haven't done it in a while but the the physics engine the way people like look when they're falling or just even the way the assassin runs always just been really cool um 
you gotta appreciate the Assassin's Creed games. Sure, the they they always come out the same, but they're they are really fun little playthroughs. Um, I skipped out on uh, Syndicate. They stopped. Uh, they put in like a zip line thing. I didn't play Unity. I didn't play Rogue. Um, yeah, I skipped out on those games. I was actually looking forward to Rogue because you played as a Templar, and I actually read that the story was pretty good in Rogue. But um, I don't want to jump back in time and play that <laughs> at, at this point, because guess what? It's going to be another Assassin's Creed game. I'd rather just wait for the new shiny one to come out because it's going to be the exact same game, uh, gameplay-wise at least. Um, hopefully the story in this new one, in this new Empire one is good, and it'll be a good enough break. When they're taking a break from, when they take a break from their every year cycle, it lets them focus and like figure out what they're doing with the game and, you know, be able to like, polish it up and hopefully they'll be able to do that hopefully it'll be a leap in technology like maybe this game will look even twice as good because you know they're going to put their thousands of developers uh to work on this game and for an extra and an extra year of polishing it up maybe figuring it out maybe making an even bigger world maybe even innovating a little who knows we'll see they have an extra year to figure it out um it'll be an experience actually worth dropping my 60 dollars on or $60 and then a fucking $50 season pass that Ubisoft will probably try to do. Um, maybe by then I'll have an awesome PC and uh, I could play it on PC and experience it like that for once. Probably not, though. Probably play it on consoles because, you know, those AAA games always are better on console. Like, obviously the performance is better on PC, but, you know, you're risking that port problem. You're risking the Naruto gamepad problem. Yeah. Maybe that's only me, but still. Like, I'm getting picked out for this problem. Like, what the fuck? I remember a while ago, I tried to play Fallout 3. I bought the uh, Game of the Year, like, edition with all the DLC, and I heard the DLC was, like, super necessary and awesome for the story. Um, and I couldn't even play it. Didn't find out why. Never figured out why my computer couldn't run it. I know my computer could run it, actually. But just didn't want to play. I'd have to go mod it or something like that, and I didn't want to do it at the time. I was like 18, I was like four years ago. It was a very long time ago. Um, but I still have it on my Steam library. Maybe one day I'll play it. Probably not because I played Fallout 4 and Fallout 4 was graphically and like the gameplay was just such a huge improvement that even if the story is pretty dang good, which I don't remember it being outstanding, um, Actually, I don't remember it at all because I skipped a lot of it. Uh, in Fallout 3, I had, um, you know, the Fallout games I've always appreciated exploring more. Skyrim and the uh, the Elder Scrolls games I liked actually going through the story and, like, doing stuff in it and, like, the gameplay and stuff. But in Fallout, I liked exploring. I liked discovering new locations. I'm like, maybe even I'll find a vault. And I was looking around in Fallout 3. This is spoilers for Fallout 3 if you haven't beaten it or if you want to go back and revisit it or uh, whatever you're planning on doing. But... I was going around the wasteland looking for stuff. I think I was at still at the beginning of the game because I was just like everyone else, like, you know, fuck you, main story. I'm going to go do my own thing. Um, I got a decent amount of way into it. I think I got to Rivet City. I don't know how far into the game that is, but I just got there. Um, I'm doing a bunch of side quests and stuff like that. And I'm exploring the wasteland, just looking for places to, you know, maybe find a cool side quest or maybe find some really cool environment. Like maybe I'll stumble upon a cannibal fam a cannibal village that just eats each other or eats any newcomer that walks into it. Uh, like I said, spoilers, that's in the game. Um, 
but I ended up walking into a vault. I found a vault and I was like, cool, because the vaults are always cool. There's always something mysterious going on with them. They're always really interesting environments. And I walked down into it and it's where you're supposed to go in the fucking game. I was like, it was really cool mystery. I was like, oh, cool, a simulator in the game? That's really fucking neat. Like, there's a simulator. I get to jump into this world. I get to <laughs> I get to jump into the Animus for some fucking reason and fall out. <laughs> and I did it. And then I beat whatever the level was. And I was just like, wow, this is a really cool side mission. And then I get out. And then my dad's sitting there. And he's like, you saved me, son. And I was like, oh, so I'm, I'm supposed to do this. I didn't know that. I, was, <laughs> I didn't, uh, I just ended up skipping a majority of the story. Um, I did like a game breaking thing. I kind of just like the game didn't expect me to just randomly find a vault where I was supposed to go to in the game. And so I just skipped a majority of it and went right to the end. Um, I mean, it was cool that like I did that, but I mean, it kind of ruined the experience for me. <laughs> it kind of made me want to like, okay, well I beat the game. I know it ends. So I don't, I don't want to play the main story and see if it's like, cause you know, it ruins the pacing of it and you just skip. That's like skipping midway through star Wars to skipping like go ha halfway through episode four and then skip all the way to Luke. I'm your father. It's like, Oh, well, I mean, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, but that was fall. That was my fallout three experience. Fall three was still a great game, but, um, one of the only games I've ever bought blindly. Uh, that was such a surprise for me. I got like $60 for like Christmas or something like that. And I went to the store and I was just like, I'm just going to buy a game blindly. Oh, fallout three. I've heard of this game. Uh, it's probably good. It's got a cool looking guy on the front. Only time I've ever done that where I've actually, um, uh, no, actually I did it. Like, like I said, last week with sweet, three. Um, but I did it. Uh, I was pl very pleasantly surprised. Very good game. Um, both me and my brother dug the hell out of that game. Really cool game. Um, uh, really happy. I played it. Um, first Bethesda game. I think I played, I think I, I might've played oblivion before that. I think I might've played oblivion after fallout three because fallout three was so awesome. Um, I don't know. I don't know the timeline of that one though, but I remember both me and my brother also got down, dug, uh, oblivion and, um, Skyrim and, uh, the fallout game together. Uh, those are really cool games. So, uh, yeah, that was my fallout experience. Um, pretty much coming up to wrap it up time. There's nothing else I really have here written down. Um, went through all my topics, uh, a couple things that I wrote down here. Um, Activision buys the MLG. I remember I used to love the MLG uh, stuff. I used to love the MLG circuit. Um, uh, for Halo 2 and Halo 3, those were, those were really cool. Um, I actually even got down. Um, it made me a better player watching those guys play um, and uh, seeing their strategies and seeing how they did stuff. Halo was such a good game. That was my super. Uh, that was when Halo was the biggest game ever. Um, and uh, that was the that was the shooter. It was like no controls. In my opinion, I thought like you can't improve on the controls that Halo um, has in it. Um, obviously, that was like a young person's thinking. <laughs> um, but M MLG, uh, and then it really did drop out of the limelight. Like they tried, like it was just one of the esport like rings, which it would be a lot better if there was just one. Like there's the MLB. And then there's like minor leagues and stuff like that. But nobody ever cares about the minor leagues. People care about the MLB. Um, like I wish it was more like that. Like I wish there was like one giant video game place. Like, hey, we run these. Like MLG was like, hey, we're like we're the place. That's how I thought of them. We're the place that you play professional games at. But now there's like other tournaments and everyone's hosting their own tournament and stuff. Um, so really it's less like, oh, I follow this one like 
pro circuit like i like it's like i got treated the mlb mlg like uh they were espn like oh it's just this one hub for all the games no it's more like you need to follow your one game and then just jump around from tournament to tournament to tournament and then see the players there and then see which tournaments they go to and usually you always see the same players because the same players are professional gamers and they jump around as much to as many tournaments as they can to win as much as they can um which sounds like hard life to me it sounds like you're playing a lot of fucking games and you're, well, you might get your ass whooped in one tournament and then have to go into the next one. That's like, hey, like, you better win or else you're uh, broke and you won't be able to be a professional gamer anymore. Um, yeah, pro gaming is really hard. But Activision bought MLG. I have no idea why. I can't fathom a reason why. <laughs> Probably to just push their own games. Maybe to start working on a game that like uh, is actually um, eSport ready. I don't think Activision, no, 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 I'm thinking of Ubisoft. Um, yeah, Activision, I don't know, maybe they'll like it. Um, and I don't know if it's Activision Blizzard, neither. I don't know what's going on there. But they have them now, and uh, that's what's going on. Maybe I'll do some more research on that and talk about it next week, But uh, and maybe we'll hear something awesome coming out of that. I don't know. I, Activision also bought like Candy Crush too, which is really uh, King Studios, which is the guys who make Candy Crush, which is really weird. They're just making a lot of really strange purchases. Um, I mean, I got the money; they got the money to throw it around, but it's like you were throwing it in some interesting ways. Uh, anyway, and uh, I have Yandiri Simu Simulator on here, um, which is always an interesting game to like. If you haven't heard of that game yet, it's interesting just to watch like the updates of the game because he's consistently updating like a Kickstarter. I'm going to go ahead and describe it as a Hitman game, Hitman style. Um, you play this girl and who's in love with Senpai, and Yandiri is like a Japanese word for somebody who loves someone so much that they're willing to like throw threats and murder uh, to other people who uh, stop her love for him. Uh, or stop her or his love. I don't know if it's a ambide ambidextrous. I don't know if it's a unisex word, but it's probably not. It's probably more about the girl killing other girls or guys who get in the way of her love for the other guy. So in that game, it's really it's a really interesting game, and the updates always like sound like he makes he makes his voice sound super creepy, and you can tell he's really creepy, and it just sets the tone perfectly for like a really hilarious slash like disturbing game. A hitman game uh, about a girl living in school and like murdering a bunch of other girls um but you have to like hide that you're murdering people you can't be caught as a murderer or else it's game over um so you could just live like a weird like murderous life in this game um and the updates are always hilarious uh um so if that sounds like your cup of tea uh <laughs> check it out um i guess i don't know why i really put that on here um it's just a really interesting game. And that's about it. That's about an hour of uh, me talking about video games. Um, you know, this is the beta cast, so I'm, uh, you know, just uh, trying things out, seeing how things go. Just making a podcast, talking about it, having fun. I recorded this on around Tuesday at a... Um, at uh 12 o'clock in the afternoon 12 o'clock yeah so um that should be able to tell you if any news happens after that that's the reason why i haven't gotten it gotten it um but uh yeah that's me talking about video games this is january 4th 
No, it's January 5th. Um, and, uh, yeah, my name is Benjamin Franco. This is the Betacast. Have a good day. Subscribe. Uh, follow me on YouTube, I guess. <laughs> like the video. Um, if you, if you see this and enjoy it. All right. Have a good one.